0: Chapter five of Teddy's Button by Amy Le Fouvre This Library Fox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabrielle C. CHAPTER five First Victories Please, sir, may I speak to you? Mr Upton was coming out of church after a choir practice when Teddy accosted him. He smiled when he saw the boy. You may walk home with me and speak to me as much as you like. And so they sauntered up the shady lane, the old rector with his head bent and his hands crossed behind him, and the boy all eager excitement and motion, with suppressed importance in his tone. "'I want you to give me a name for my enemy, please, sir,' Mr. Upton looked amused. "'Have you had any battles with him yet?' "'I think I had one yesterday. May I tell you? Granny was very angry with me because I had made Uncle Jink's best handkerchief into a banner of love.' I didn't really think it was naughty i wrote love and ink right across it and i took such pains for i wanted to show it to nancy and when i got home granny was so angry that she took me by the collar and she locked me into the back kitchen and mother was out and i cried i was so miserable granny said i would come to the workhouse she called me the wickedest mischievous boy she'd ever seen and she said she would like to give me a good whipping and at last i got tired of being miserable and i looked about and i saw the window was partly open so i climbed up and then i thought i would jump out and run away across the fields till mother came home and i was very happy then and i jumped right out and then i remembered but i didn't want to go back again and then the fight began suggested the rector as the boy paused teddy nodded i asked god to drive my enemy away but i was an awful long time thinking it out is thinking fighting very often it is I did fight hard then, and I climbed in again. Was that being a soldier? Yes, my boy. And Granny let me out soon after, and I kissed her and said I was sorry, but I told her how nearly I had run away, and asked her to see that the window was locked next time so that I shouldn't have to fight so hard. You'll have plenty of fighting. Don't shirk the hardest part of the field. That isn't being brave. Will you give me a horrid, ugly name, please, sir? I thought your enemy's name was Teddy no that's mine i must have a name for him a different one you know how do you like ego or ipsy what funny names i think i like ipsy best i'll call him ipsy shall i but mr upton's thoughts were far away by this time and presently he said as if to himself the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us "'It is a fight with certain victory ahead. "'Then why do we fail?' "'Shall I fail?' questioned a soft voice by his side. "'Without me you can do nothing. "'That is our captain's word. "'If you fight without him, you are done for. "'I think I shall sometimes let Epsy have his way. "'Will that be deserting to the enemy? "'It will be sure and certain defeat. "'But then, of course, my captain won't let me be beaten if I stick close to him.' And so they talked, a strange couple. But the younger of them had a faith which the elder might envy, and a grasp of the unseen that the ripest saint could not surpass. Not long after this, Teddy and his schoolfellows were having a delightful afternoon in the woods. It was Saturday afternoon, and they were playing their favorite war game, Teddy, of course, being prime instigator of the whole affair. A few of the more adventurous girls had joined them, Nancy amongst them her respect for teddy was gradually increasing though nothing seemed to quench her self-assertion and independence of thought and action at length teddy announced his intention of going off on an expedition as a scout and on nancy's insisting that she should come too the children started made their way out of the wood and down to the banks of the stream which soon joined the river what have we to do asked nancy It's great fun. You see, everyone we meet is an enemy, and we have to get past them without them seeing us. We must crawl through the long grass, or we must climb a tree, or get through bushes. All kinds of adventures we have. And if we don't meet anybody? That's why I came down this way. There are always a lot of people fishing in the river. Now look out. Don't you talk loud and step softly. Just think that the first person who sees us will shoot us dead. But they won't. You must make believe they will. Teddy's tone was stern, and Nancy was too occupied in holding her hat on her head as they crept through some low bushes to advance any more skeptical opinions. And then, suddenly, a short time after it, they came upon a fisherman. It was only a burly farmer, who was evidently making a day of it, for he sat under the shade of a tree with the remains of a substantial lunch around him. His fishing rod was in his hand, but the line was out of the water, and he, with head thrown back and mouth wide open, was fast asleep. Hush said teddy in an excited whisper few wakes all's up with us now let's get past him on tiptoe this was accomplished safely but having passed him teddy stood still and the spirit of mischief seized hold of him turning to nancy he said with sparkling eyes what fun to take him prisoner and tie him up to the tree with his own fishing line he's an enemy i really think it's our duty to do it you stay here and watch me Deftly and quickly teddy set to work, but when he had once passed the line round the farmer's body in the tree, he had no difficulty in finishing the work he had begun. Dancing like an elf with the line in his hand, he spun round and round the tree till the line was wound to its very last extremity, and the farmer looked like some big blue-bottle fly entangled in the fine meshes of a spider's web. Still he slept on, and with a delighted chuckle, teddy sped back to his little companion. Her eyes were dancing with mirth, and she clapped her hands at the successful exploit he'll wake up and won't be able to get away what fun how i should like to see him come on quick he's Farmer grand and he's an awful angry man he gave sam such a dashing for tying an old saucepan to one of his pig's tails he won't know how i said it and i did tie the knots awful tight away they ran but they had not proceeded far before teddy came to a standstill and all the saucy sparkle died out of his eyes what's the matter asked nancy have you got a pain "'I'm afraid I am going to have a fight with Ipsy.' "'The words were uttered almost in a whisper, and Nancy looked on with wonder. "'It isn't right,' he said after a long pause. "'I do want, at least Ipsy wants, to leave him there awfully. "'But Mother would say it was very naughty, and I think... "'I think my captain doesn't like it. "'I shall have to go back and undo him.' "'Oh, you mustn't!' cried Nancy. "'You'll wake him up, and then you'll catch it. "'Let him undo himself!' teddy shook his hand and then stole softly back to the tree nancy following him at a respectful distance it seemed a harder business to untie the knots than to tie them but at length it was done and the unwinding process began alas farmer green's nap was over and with a hasty start he was roused to the full use of his faculties when he discovered his condition he swore a round oath and turned upon teddy in great wrath as he vainly tried to extricate himself please sir said teddy nothing daunted If you keep still, I shall undo you very soon, and I won't break your line if I can help it. You young scoundrel! How dare you show your face after such an audacious piece of impudence! You're the plague of the parish, and a good thrashing is what you'll get. Sure as my name's Jonathan Grain!' Teddy's face was hot and red, and the spectacle of him trying to unwind the line from the struggling and exasperated farmer was so irresistibly comic to Nancy that she burst out laughing. Jonathan Green was soon on his feet again, and, seizing hold of Teddy by the collar, shook him like a terrier would shake a rat. Then, without leaving go of him, he pulled out a piece of cord from his coat pocket. "'Now, I'll teach you a lesson, youngster, that you won't forget. It's lucky I've got this bit of rope.' And in another few minutes he had bound the boy securely to the tree, tying his hands together with his handkerchief. Then, as Nancy stepped forward, indignant at his severe treatment, he turned upon her. "'There are two of you. Are you there?' well you shall share the same fate till i think fit to release you i'll teach you to stop playing such impish tricks on decent folk you're the wickedest man that's living i'm sure cried nancy wrathfully why he was undoing you when you woke up which was very kind of him i wish he'd left you tied up i do but farmer green with a grim smile of satisfaction soon settled her in the same fashion as he had done the boy and then picking up his fishing basket strode away calling out You'll bide there in my time, you young limbs and mischief. It's only serving like ye serve. Button boy, did he hurt you? Asked Nancy anxiously. For all this time, Teddy had not said a word. He turned his head and looked at her. I feel shaken up, dreadful. He's so awful strong. But I'm not very hurt. Only I'm sorry, and I've been telling my captain about it and asking him to forgive me. Shall we stay here all the evening and all the night? Oh no, he'll come and let us go soon. It wasn't fair on you, for you didn't do anything. I laughed at him, and I wanted you to leave him tied up, but I don't care. It doesn't hurt. You haven't told me ever what I asked you about Jesus' sailors. Tell me now, because I want to belong to your captain, and I'm not going to be a soldier. I did ask mother, and she said sailors were soldiers. They were sea soldiers. You'll have to be a soldier, I expect. Sailors fight. I know they do grandfather read me about nelson the other evening and showed me a picture of sailors cutting the enemy's arms off as they try to scramble on board ship i can't never change the soldiers sailors are much nicer and if sailors fight i can be a sailor for jesus their conversation was interrupted by voices and steps approaching and in another moment two ladies and a gentleman appeared evidently going home after a fishing excursion the path led past the tree and they stopped in astonishment at the sight of the two children Teddy was the first to speak. He recognized the newcomers to be the squire, the Colonel Graham, and his wife, with a visitor staying with them. "'Please, sir, will you undo us?' he asked appealingly. The Colonel laughed heartily. "'Ah, young fellow, you're caught, are you?' "'Lady Helen, this is one of the young hopefuls in our village. I have been told the ringleader and every bit of mischief set going. You wouldn't think it to look at him, would you?' "'What an angel's face!' said that lady admiringly. "'And who is the little girl? "'She looks a regular little gypsy!' "'Neither of the children appreciated these remarks, "'but the colonel good-naturedly put down his fishing-basket "'and cut the piece of rope that bound them. "'Now then, youngster,' he said, "'speak up and tell us who bound you in this fashion, "'and what have you been doing to merit such punishment?' "'Having got his hands free, "'Teddy stood up bravely and told the story briefly and clearly "'to the great amusement of his hearers.' "'And he would never have been caught if he hadn't gone back to undo him,' Put in Nancy. "'So he oughtn't to have been punished at all.' "'What made you go back, my boy?' asked Mrs. Graham gently. "'The colour rose in Teddy's cheeks, but he never hesitated to speak the truth. "'I went back when I remembered I was wrong to have done it,' he said simply. "'But you are not such a paragon of goodness, generally,' said the colonel. "'Wasn't it you and some mothers who scared our dairy meat me into fits one night last winter by playing pranks after dark outside the dairy window?' "'Yes, sir,' said Teddy humbly. "'And why didn't you run away when the old man woke?' asked Lady Helen. "'I never run away from anybody,' said Teddy, his head more erect than ever. "'I'm a soldier's son.' "'Capital, my boy. And so your father is a soldier? What regiment?' "'He's dead, sir. May I tell you father's story?' Oh, ah, I remember now, though I'm not sure that I recollect the details, said the colonel musingly. Your father was John Platt, who enlisted in one of the line regiments, the 24th, wasn't it? Tell us the story by all means. Teddy obeyed delightedly, not seeing in the interest of his tale how keenly he was being watched by the ladies. He told it as he always did, with enthusiastic effect, and when he offered to show the ladies his button, they were with him. The colonel patted him on the head as he left, saying, Keep your father's spirit in you, my lad, and you'll live to do something great yet. I should like to have him as a page boy, said Lady Helen, as they walked away. What a sensitive, refined little face it is. Too good to be spoiled by house service, said Colonel Graham. His mother is a superior young woman, with a very good education, and the Platts are highly respected about here the children ran back to their playfellows, considerably sobered by their experience and teddy very soon made his way home and told his mother all that had befallen him it's dreadful difficult to remember in time mother i'm not a very good soldier am i do you think i ought to love old farmer Green? if you won't tell anyone, i've been having a talk with ipsy he's my enemy mr upton told me about and he-he hates farmer Green. but i tell him the banner is love and we must try to love him and how can i show him i love him mother I think you must wait a little, Sonny. Don't do anything just yet, but try and not have angry thoughts about him. You know it was very naughty of you to act so. I am not a bit surprised that he lost his temper over it. I'll never tie up anybody again, Mother. Never. End of chapter Five: Recording by Gabriel C.